0: Dumelong, greetings to you all. Um, You may have remembered that the last time I spoke with you. Um, That's Setswana for uh, greetings to you all. Um, And we got a personal greeting here in Greer um, this past Thursday at our church office on uh, 290. Maruti, which means pastor in Setswana, came up to Greer um, with his deacon, Julian Latoli. Maruti James is what he's always called. His first name's James. His last name is uh, Mupongpong. Uh, so we just stick with Maruti James, I'm sure you understand why. Um, we're going to talk this morning about what took place on our most recent trip. Um, I'll, I'll go back into a little bit of history for you and, and we'll just get uh, in our minds what, what we're talking about with Old Lady and uh, where that is and what the, the the missions are there and finally we'll uh, kind of wrap up with um, some of the challenges that they're facing and, and what, what our calling is and, and where we can be involved and, and where you can be involved with what's going over there in uh, Botswana. So at this time we'll go ahead and, uh, this is Maruti um, James, Thursday night at our Freedom Fellowship office on 290 and he speaks very quietly in English so you'll have to listen real quick.
1: Hello, my name is Maruti James Mpupan and Maruti basically means pastor and I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge and appreciate the partnership that uh, Freedom and Ordinary Baptist Fellowship has and I want to particularly thank Freedom for the support they have uh, uh, given unto us at Ordinary And your support goes a long way in expanding and extending the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. in our neighborhood.
0: So, so that's, that's the pastor uh, at Ona Lady Baptist Fellowship, which is the church that we've uh, partnered with, and that's the church that we're going to be speaking about today. So uh, Right now, I'd like to go ahead and uh, just talk to you about real quickly what's going on in Botswana, where Botswana is. Give you the uh, the geography, Wikipedia, real quick here. Um, So here's Africa. Botswana is right above uh, South Africa. In fact, up until nineteen mid '60s, I think '65, '66, they were actually part of the country of South Africa, but they broke out and became an independent country. this is another map of, this is a, a detailed map of Botswana. Habarone is right here. Um, you may hear some white people in South Africa say Gabarone, um, or here in South Carolina, but it's Um sort of a silent G. Um, 1.8 million people in this country, and about 85% of them live right here in, in Habarone. So uh, that's where our mission's been focused, in a, an urban slum um, part of that city. Next slide, please, Mark. This is the southern um, um, part of Africa. And in fact, they're, they're a political, economic, um, trade relationship, and they call them the SADC, which is a South African, um, I can't remember what the D is, but it's their alliance, they're, they're, uh, they've banded together and they, they have, uh, to minimize tariffs, uh, to share military resources, that type of thing. And, and if you look right here in the center is Botswana, it's, it, and Cliff mentioned this earlier, um, it's strategically placed there, and, and that's why we're involved there. And, and if you can just imagine, if you've heard anything about Zimbabwe, it's total chaos there. This used to be called the breadbasket of Africa, Zimbabwe, but it's completely fallen apart. So they've got trouble with folks trying to get out of Zimbabwe, getting into Botswana, trying to get to South Africa. And, and all of these areas, all of these areas, this is the epicenter of the HIV AIDS crisis in the world. Um, millions of people each year in Africa die of HIV and AIDS. And Botswana, at one particular time, had the highest HIV AIDS rate in the world. So um, that's where a lot of these orphans come from. It's, uh, and I've seen one statistic 6,000 new orphans a day in Africa due to the HIV AIDS crisis. And so, what Old and the Lady's mission is, is taking care of the vulnerable children. Orphans or children who may live with a relative, not necessarily officially classified as an orphan, but that's what they take care of. And they, they, their goal is to minister them um, physically by providing one meal a day, five, five days a week. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, as well as engaging them in Awana's Bible study, getting them into the church and involving them at an early age, making sure they stay on their antiretrovirals if they do have HIV and AIDS, and making sure they stay fed, and then helping them with their education. As well. So that's where Botswana is. And you can just imagine this is a springboard. And that's where, I think that's why God's got us engaged here in Botswana, is because this is in the center and this is where He wants us to be. And you guys may not know this, and you probably don't. We're one of only five churches in North America involved in Botswana. Five churches. Freedom Fellowship in Greer is on a very short list of engaging and doing Christ's work and being part of the solution that we sang about earlier. Next slide, Mark. Quick facts about uh, Botswana. You've heard me say this a couple of times. Uh, Setswana is their language, Botswana is the people, Botswana is the country. Um, uh, one of the richest countries in Africa in terms of natural resources, specifically diamonds. And they were smart enough to say, you know what, that's our natural resource, you can come and get that. They're talking to the Belgians and the Germans and the French, but we own it. So they've, they've had a good strategic partnership and that's helped them maintain some money in their treasury as well which has been you know going out as fast as it can to human and health services to take care of the HIV crisis. Um, you can see here some statistics uh, at one point thirty three percent. I've actually seen it a little higher than that too. It's, it's, it's below twenty percent right now but the reason it dropped so much is because millions and millions and millions of people died. Um, so the statistics come down because there's less people there. Um, sorry about that Mark. Here's what, um, half of the population live in Haberone. It's actually a little higher than that if you go out just a few more miles. It's not, I mean, it's just, everything's in Haberone. Seventy percent profess to be Christian, but unfortunately it's not, it's, it's, it's if you walked up to somebody in America and say, are you a Christian? They're like, yeah, everybody in America is a Christian, right? Well, the the Christianity in Africa has uh, unfortunately become a, sort of a hybrid with the prosperity um, theories of you know if I pray for Alexis I'll get Alexis if I do this dance or I have this stick I'll get whatever I want. That's not that's not Christianity from the Gospels as we know it. Um, I can assure you that the Gospel and the Christianity that Old and the Lady Baptist Fellowship teaches is the Gospel that we teach here. So uh, unfortunately, when you see 70% of Botswana profess to be Christian, it's not the Christianity that we know. Um, it's got a little bit of military uniforms and Jehovah Witness, and there's just a big mix and a big swirl. It's not the gospel. Most speak English, fortunately for us, but they drive on the wrong side of the road. They're right, Jason? That's right. Um, like I said, part of South Africa. Go ahead, Mark. Thank you. Um, Old Naledi means old village. It's the first settlement of Botswana. It's also where they left them behind. It was a temporary settlement, and they've left it. It looks temporary. There's no running water, no electricity, no sewer. Now they're coming back 40, 50 years later trying to put that in. But you can imagine you've got 47,000 people packed on 24 acres. How many of you guys have an idea when I say 24 acres how big that is? Most men probably have a good idea what 24 acres is. Imagine sticking 47,000 people in those 24 acres. So it's not like it's just laid out. There's a maze through all these little shanty shacks and that kind of thing. It's one of the poor sections of Haberone. It's one of the poor sections in that country. It's one of the poorest sections in that region. High unemployment, 40%. Here's the HIV rate, you know, 18% for the whole country. But in Old and the Ladies, 60%. You know, if you couple that with an unemployment of 40%, everybody's got HIV. Um, it, you know this is a depressing area right now and this is where they're engaged this is where they're at the forefront um, Old the Lady Baptist Fellowship next slide this is their uh, their church you I, I talked after my second trip there we 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 helped build this church we dug the holes in that black concrete they call dirt to put the foundation up to build this building and this is the tent that we were using for the uh, grand celebration when we went over there this year um, this was, a, this was a, a landfill. This was a dump, this land, and the government gave it to them and said, do what you want with it, and they've turned it into a church. They've cleaned this thing up, and they've put a church here, and we're going to talk to you about what the next step is here at this property. Um, Maruti James, you've met him just a few minutes ago. He started his church with five boys. Now they're growing up. Some of them are actually in seminary in South Africa. There's no seminary in Botswana, but they're going to school to be pastors, and they'll come back, and they'll be engaged, and they'll be at the forefront. Um, they run a feeding station, 150. That's actually going down a little bit. It's more like 120 to 130 um, orphans they're taking care of right now for one reason or the other. Um, they run Awana, they have a church library that our children at Vacation Bible School this summer um, raised money along with the children at Alice Drive Baptist and we spent over $1,000 on children's books to help get their library started. So uh, thank the children at Freedom Fellowship stepped up in an amazing way. Sewing missions. Uh, sewing missions with a sewing machine that you crank with your hand, ladies. Not one when you run with your foot, but like this, trying to push the cloth and the, turn the wheel at the same time. And then their community garden, which is an amazing thing. Um, so that's in the Lady Baptist Church. Let me tell you now about the trip that we just took in August and the folks that went. Um, we had uh, Joel and Nancy Hammett um, right here, and then we had Jason Collins. Um, Jason got a couple of nicknames while he was over there. Um, the one that we named him was Mater. If you've seen the movie Cars, the dump truck, he drove us around. Uh, he was foolish enough to when they said, does anybody here have their driver's license? And he raised his hand, so he got to drive on the wrong side of the street with the gear shifter on the wrong hand and all these other things that I was just like, I don't have my driver's license, and I didn't, so I wasn't lying. You left it. And he also got um, the, ni- the nickname of Polo Holo, which in Setswana means the animal. So I'll let you try to figure that out. It had something to do with his appetite when we were sitting down at the meals, too. But uh, Jason, uh, as we were getting ready to go, uh, uh, we would have meetings and we would talk about what we could expect. The main thing I told Jason and Joel and Nancy and, uh, and, and uh, Julie McCombs when she was engaged with us getting ready to go is like uh, I really can't tell you everything that's going to happen because I don't know. But the one thing I can tell you is to be prepared for the unexpected to happen and to let God work through that and let God do what he's going to do with us. Uh, We just need to make ourselves available for whatever happens. So, Jason, I think you 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 got a story about one of the unexpected things that happened and and how that became the focus once we got there. Um,
2: the main job when we, when we got there was supposed to be to uh, dig a trench to build this wall to, to provide a little bit of a barricade between the, the church property that you just saw and the neighboring, disco. like, yeah, disco type, I mean, crazy, whatever thing they had going on. But when we got there, um, there had been some vandalism out at the, the feeding station where they take care of the orphans and stuff. So that was our, our main deal was to go, and they'd actually ripped the, the water lines off the back of the building because they were copper. So we had to go try to figure that one out. Um, and that's when I was dumb enough to tell them that I had a driver's license on the way there. Um, anyway, we get there, get a list of material that we need, and then go down the road. But they don't have a Lowe's or anything like we have here. And uh, if any of y'all know anything about plumbing, they, they don't use PVC for, for anything. So we're in there trying to grab up what we need. Joe and I were grabbing this uh, PVC, you know, Water pipeline, and I couldn't find any fittings for it. So we go find somebody, and he's you know telling me that that's not for water. So, like, yeah, yeah, it is. He's like, No, no, it's not. But well, what does this say? Drinking water. And he just looks at me. So, uh, so what, what other choices do we have? So, we had to go with galvanized pipe. So, um, luckily, all the uh measurements and stuff we needed were there. I because mean, we didn't have any way to thread anything or you know tap it or anything. So, we got it worked out, and then, um, I guess the, the biggest thing that happened there was uh, Joel and I couldn't understand why we didn't have anybody there helping us, so Joel suggested that uh, Maruti bring somebody from the church to come and help us. Um, young young fellow, what's 21? Was he about 21 years old? His name was De Boy, not Dubois. <laughs> Boy. So he came out and we actually had him, uh, we had him soldering, you know, so we did have to do a little bit of copper you know, just to make it work, and uh, he did a a real good job we bought a bunch of tools and left it with him so hopefully if they have any more problems going forth you know they don't have to wait till next year for us to come and fix it so it, i think that was a
0: i think that was a huge thing and, and, and like jason said we had no idea that we were going to get there and the vandals had ripped all the pipe out of the feeding station because they couldn't cook for the kids to make that one meal a day that these kids were depending on they were trucking water in um, and it was splashing all over the truck bed and all this other stuff and uh, they couldn't cook because they didn't have any gas so that became our mission that was you know that God laid that out for us and uh, like he said it, it took a lot of trips into town and their traffic situation is you know ten years ago there were very few cars now everybody seems to have a car um, that can get a car there's a bunch of people in every one of those cars but the traffic the, their infrastructure just wasn't put together for the amount of cars that they've gotten so uh, And the Koreans have come in there, and, you know, they're selling cheap cars like they are here, so everybody's getting a car that can get one. So that took a lot of coordination, and, and, you know, it was something that we didn't expect to happen, but um, we were open to it and said, okay, this is what God wants us to do. This is why we've got the skills, or at least Jason and Joel had the skills, um, to to make this happen, and that was an amazing thing. So thanks, Jason. Um, Now we're going to switch gears, and we're going to show you a quick video of... uh, a lot of things that took place during the, the the trip, and and show you a bunch of introduce you to some of the kids that uh, we were helping take care of there at Old the Lady.
1: You're the God of this city you're the king of these people you're the lord of this nation you are you're the light in this darkness you're the hope to the hopeless you're the peace to the restless you are there is no one like I. no one like God of this city, you're the king of
0: is uh nancy and joel hammett um joel stepped up when things uh a, a slot came open for the trip um sort of at the last minute and uh god made things work out so that uh we were so worried of, like uh, who's going to be in the hotel room with nancy uh who's going to keep up with nancy and we found out nancy didn't need to be kept up with once we got over there but uh it, it worked out and i think uh god really, um, did some amazing things with with Joel and Nancy over there together, and uh, I want to start with Nancy because um, Nancy spent a lot of time working with um, the women and the children at the feeding station while we were doing all those errands we were talking about. Um, and sometimes you would leave and not come back for a couple hours, and all you did is go get whatever you needed and try to get back. So it, it wasn't as easy as just like Jason said, running down the lows. But Nancy, you spent a lot of time working with those women. Can you describe real quickly? Um, what their preparation is like um, taking care- to get that one meal put together every day for those kids. Sure.
3: They took hours cutting tomatoes, cutting onions, just to prepare a meal for these children. Very, very dedicated women that work their fannies off, really. And it's hot in there. They have a big fan and their exhaust fan, but they're afraid that it's going to make the place blow up for some reason. I'm not real sure why, but, but they do, and it was real fun because we were in there cutting up onions and tomatoes one morning, and they just started singing, of course, in their language, which I don't know what they were singing, but I kind of mixed in there with them, and it was just amazing, the love that these women show for these children day in and day out and then they go over to the church afterwards and work in the garden. And that, I mean, these women work harder than any man that I have ever seen.
0: Except for Joel, right? Yeah.
3: No, any man, <laughs> any man.
0: Well, I think we better skip to Joel now. And Joel, you can share that mic there. Okay. Um, Joel, just kind of like I was, I was sharing with Jason, and he, he was he's speaking to everyone about uh, the unexpected. Hmm. One of the unexpected things that took place while we were there is we had a, a day off, and we wanted to go see some wildlife, so we went out of the city. Bad idea. Um, we went about 70 miles off the paved road, no street lights. Civilization just kind of goes behind you when you go into the Kalahari Desert, and you start seeing donkeys, and that's about it, and some cows. Um, but one of the things that took place is we ended up getting stuck, and I'll let Joel talk about it, but the amazing thing that took place was the teamwork that, that took place like that between the, the white folks, which are easy to identify over there, and, and the native people in the bush that are out there where we got stuck in the desert. So I wanted Joel just to speak about that teamwork that took place and how quickly that, that happened.
4: When Mark says we got stuck, that doesn't start to define the stuck. I mean, we're in a powdered sand like the moon. You cannot imagine. It's like in talcum powder. And the van you've seen in the picture just a few minutes ago is what they decided to take into the desert, which was, as you can figure, not equipped for driving in the desert. Uh, Once we got stuck, uh, we was in two vehicles, and uh, Jason and uh, uh, one of the other... Uh, Matata decided to go see if they could find help about four miles back we passed another crossroads and when I say a crossroads that's it it was just a a wide spot in the road but they said you know that's all we got here let's go see what's there well they pull into what turns out to be a small village nearby and when they pull up there's some locals sitting out front drinking beer uh, out of a milk carton, which is hard to describe, but it's a local brew. It's very strong, very potent, very cheap. Well, this is where God comes into play. It's, uh, you can imagine driving up in front of a beer joint and saying, hey, we need some help. You know, How often are you going to get people willing to help? Well, there's one young man sitting there, and uh, he's done had something to drink, we're pretty sure, but he, he's sitting there, and we said, "Hey, we're stuck. We need help." And this young man jumped to his feet and said, "Let's go. I'll help." And this is where the teamwork and God comes into play. Uh, this young man stayed with us the rest of the day. He negotiated and worked with other locals to get what we needed. He worked like some of these women he was talking—well, Nancy was talking about—like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it was amazing uh, what this young man done for us. Uh, and how he was able to work through some of the hardships. Uh, he uh, helped negotiate getting us a tow bar to help pull us out and uh, get us from moving around. And after he'd been with us for a good while, you know, we was really concerned about ourselves. And we get to talking to the young man. His name is uh, Small Gift. It, well, I'm, I'm, do you remember the Setswana? Okay, it translated into Small Gift. And that didn't start to do justice what he really meant to us. Uh, He stayed with us the rest of the day, uh, working with us and towing this van out of this powdered dust. It took, you know, hours to start to drag this van out. But we still didn't have nowhere to go once we got it drug out because we're 70 miles off the beaten path down a dirt road. Well, we got it pulled back to the wide spot in the road and... uh, Small gift went and introduced us to more people that was working in the area building a radio tower. And uh, God intervened there. And these gentlemen stepped out to help us, uh, rigging up a way to tow this van back out of pieces of scrap wire, uh, tying it to this crossbar. It was amazing to see God at work. Because once we get to talking to this young man, he speaks five different languages fluently. Yeah, he uh, was, said, like he was talking about earlier, said he was a Christian, but you're not really sure what his Christian beliefs actually entailed. But that opened the doors up through this experience to meet a lot of the villagers in the area. And we got some trinkets we've bought from the village. I'd love for y'all to come down and see them a little bit later. But it opened the eyes up to Maruti James along with uh, Clay from Alice Drive, uh and some other people how God needs to work in this area. What the true hunger is for this area. How bad it is in need of Christians to step in and just make a difference and, and to speak to these people. Um, it, it turns out there's need there that we didn't know existed until... God decided that we'd gone far enough and it's time for our van to stop. And, uh, that's it was amazing just to see how God brought people in to fix our situation and uh, all of a sudden those animals didn't turn out, that we went to see, didn't turn out to be such a, an important thing. You know, we got into the preserve and all we could think about when we were riding around in the preserve is, uh, hey I wonder what's going on in that village. What can we go back and see in that village? You know, it's, uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, the thought of we were running out of
0: petrol that we got at the gas station out there, which is a (laughs) a jug Um, and there's 300 lions in that area and we were starting to, we got out there and small gift said, uh, uh, what are we going to do about the gas? You know, we're in the park. I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of people to greet us or anything. There's like one person and we got scared about being run to run out of gas at night with all these lions so we didn't stay very long after all the ordeal being stuck and whatnot we but got to see a buzzard we got to see a vulture about that big <laughs> but, and that scared us even more because he, he might be eating on us after the lions got finished with us so we yeah. saw where all that circle of life thing was going <laughs> thanks joel one thing i want to mention is when we got to that village um we we saw where these guys are in poverty they, that beer he was talking about, uh, chukugu, chukubu ch- ch- is what it is. You shake it and you ferment it. They actually made a house. One of those huts <laughs> you saw, they made a house out of beer cartons. So they sit out there in the desert with their cows running in their village and stuff, and they drink beer. So the beer truck can still make it out there 70 miles off the dirt road. We know that because they've been delivering. But they made a house out of a beer cartons. So they were resourceful, but there was also a very sad situation going on there as well. Um, and now we're going to switch gears and we're going to show you a video back there at Old the Lady where their church and their building has permanence. And, it, and they're here at the celebration. Um, this was the grand celebration to open the building. They had a member of parliament there. They had some dignitaries, um, uh, other preachers and that type of thing. So it was an amazing thing. Uh, of all, all the trips I've been to, this uh, couple of seconds here of um, these kids jumping up and down and celebrating that they have a church and that something's happening there and they're not meeting in a tent or a mobile home that uh it's just just the kids jumping dancing in that <clears throat> their celebration that was the most amazing thing i've seen since i in the three trips i've been there and then and then at the end of that there's a a prayer service after we fed the children and we met together and and just them singing and they're singing, which means thank you. Um, They're saying thank you, Jesus. So um, that's at the end of this video. So I want you just to see their celebration and their thanks. Thanks, Joel Nancy. So now you know a little bit more. This is we've, we've given you another um, introduction, and we've talked a little bit about the trip. I, I want to encourage you with something else that the Apostle Paul wrote to the, the church at Corinth. And this is 2 um, Corinthians um, chapter 8. And before I read that, I'm reading out of, out of the message. Um, some people call it the surfer Bible or the Woe dude Bible or whatever you want. But after I went to Africa the first time, I went to South Africa. My hardback copy of the message got messed, the, the spine broke, and I, I wanted to get a new message, uh, and I wanted a leather bound so it would hopefully stay together better. So I just went on Amazon and picked the first one I found. Didn't even pay attention to the colors. Hadn't even been to Botswana yet. But look at the one they sent me. It's blue, black, and white. If you saw the flag of Botswana, it's blue, black, and white. So there's another two-by-four upside the head from God for me. So uh, um, that's why I'm reading out of this Bible especially today. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go do it. Once the commitment is clear, you can do what you can do, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even. As it is written, nothing left over to the one with the most, nothing lacking to the one with the least. So that's the challenge that the Apostle Paul gave to the church. And he was encouraging them who had some to take care of those who didn't, because that's what Jesus commanded us in the Gospel of John. Uh, Chapter 13 said, I give you another command, a new commandment to love one another because that's how they're going to know we're Christians, is we're taking care of those who need the sheep and and tending Jesus' flock. He commanded us straight from Jesus. So that's what Paul is reminding that church. And that's what we need to focus on is what has God called us to do now that we know there's a need, now that we know they're vulnerable children now that we know there's an opportunity to form that relationship so where do we go next so that's what cliff and I are going to talk about real quick
5: one of the things that before mark tells you a few more things about um, about what's going on over there and what and what the potential is one of the things that i think we need to remember and we need to think about is this that um, we have we look at what goes on in africa and we look at those folks and we say Man, we don't have anything in common with those people there it's another part of the world, another continent, another language all those kinds of things is so different than what we are and and who we're trying to be but we have more in common with with Maruti James who is a follower of Christ in Africa than you have in common with someone here in America who is not a follower of Christ and I'll say that again you have more in common with someone who is a follower of Christ in any other country in the world than you do with another American who lives in Greer who is not a follower of Christ because the, the situation is that we, the th- we have what we have in common with Maruti James and with the folks in Old and the Lady Baptist Fellowship is what's most important and that is that we've been changed and we've been forgiven by Jesus Christ and we've accepted that forgiveness. And so what we're trying to do is we're not trying to help a group of strangers, we're trying to help family we're trying to help brothers and sisters. Some of you didn't know that you had brothers and sisters that looked like that. But if you're a follower of Christ, you do. And one day we're going to get to heaven, and there's going to be all kind of colors and all kind of languages and all kind of stuff going on that you never even knew about here. But it's because we are all bound together by what Christ has done for us. So we're talking about what we can do in the future, what we've already done, helping family. So go
0: ahead, Mark. That's right. Mark, you can start with this slide. I want to just spend just a few seconds on some of the, the challenges and, and basically help you what to pray about, uh, about these folks in Botswana. This is a, a church, an empty church in a village called Hakuto. Again, that, that funny G sound, Hakuto, outside of uh, Habarone. They have this church, but they don't have a pastor. They, uh, lady and Open Baptist, which was their parent church in Habarone, built this church, sent a pastor out there. He made some very, very bad moral choices he was married and had children but he just he just made some bad choices so they kicked him out of the village so now they have this beautiful church and they have a need out here because Habaroni, like i said is expanding out and because every botswanan gets a plot of land and they pushed out so pray for a pastor to come in and fill that void and to um, to, to get rid of that taste that that village has for the, the church because right now they have a, a muslim synagogue right now that's all they have so they need—they've got this church, and we need to put a pastor in there. And the Lady Baptist, even the challenges they have, still sends a, uh, a pastor out there to preach like once a month, and it's like 35 miles out into the desert. So that's something to pray about—is Hakuto in the situation there? Next slide. I-, I wanted to show you this slide real quick. You saw it in the slideshow. This is up on a Kali Hill, which is a mountain, kind of like glassy or, or a hogback or whatever, and you can see. Um, Hiberoni and Old and the Lady and everything. You can see up there. This is brand new. It wasn't there last year. There's a lot of Chinese there doing construction for the World Cup and building their airport and that kind of thing. So hopefully one day we'll be able to fly right into Botswana instead of South Africa. But I show you this because I I was talking with a a, a church consultant over there about the Chinese and the situation is, you know, uh, for like, and I read this in Richard Stern's book too, that Uh, hole in our Gospel that for like 50 years after the Communists took over China a couple of hundred thousand people in that 50 year span traveled outside of China. They didn't allow international travel outside of China. In the last 10 to 15 years we're talking millions and millions and millions of Chinese people have left China to go travel outside of the world and live in countries like Botswana. There are billions and billions of people in China, the most populous nation in the world, but they don't allow them to worship freely. If we're going to affect China for Christ, we need to be the church outside of China for the Chinese so they can pick up the gospel and take it back. Because there are hundreds and hundreds of millions of Chinese now who are traveling outside of their country, and if we can share the gospel to them, they can take it back where they can't get it in their country. So that's why I wanted to point that out, because the Chinese are in Botswana, so we need to make sure we're thinking about that too. So pray for This is a weird prayer. Pray for the Chinese people in Botswana. I know that's crazy, but, you know, that's the way life is. So that's the opportunity God's given us. Next slide. This is Joel breaking it down. Um, and there's Kali Hill. That's the point. We were up, way up there, and that's what we do to get rid of jet lag the first day is climb way up there, and it helps. I promise. He, this is Iwana. He's telling the story. So pray for the Awana. Pray for those kids, the, the outreach program to those kids in this village. Next slide. And finally, I want, I want to leave you with this, and then I'm going to turn it over to Cliff. I got the opportunity um, to go out, and when I went to Hokuto and I went to some other villages, we were, um, we were visiting some of the churches that Old lady and Open Baptist partner with and, and meeting the pastors and going to their churches. And we got to stop in the village of Molipololi, which is out in the desert. But the coolest thing... Is there's a church that david livingston helped found in 1907 so if you know anything about missionary history in africa this is living history and we got to go in this church and it had these pews made of zimbabwe teak that were the most beautiful things you've ever seen and they still worship in that church every sunday and that's permanence that's god's footprint right there w- engaging these people that's what we're involved with you know we helped build that church and own the lady it's going to be there It's not a tent. I helped dig those holes. I know how far down they go and how strong that dirt is. It's going to be there 100 years from now because we engaged and we said we want to make a difference. We want to be part of the solution. We want to be the hands and feet for those folks and and represent Jesus to them. So this really brought it home for me as somebody 100 years ago, and it took months to get to Africa, not 17 hours on a plane ride with Ambien and a, a movie. You know, they had to really struggle to get to where they went. And they they have a church that's still there and still alive. And uh, that was the most amazing thing to me.
5: So what are we going to do next? Um, And I I think this is so cool that Mark uh, had this slide. and, And when they were in Africa, I was reading updates Mark put online every day. And one of the things he put on there is that they got to see a church that David Livingston Started. You remember, David, Dr. Livingston, I presume, anybody remember learning, but they used to teach that stuff in school, I don't think they do anymore, but um, that, was, that was who started this. And so, one of the things I want us to realize is that when we get together here every week, this isn't just for us, what we do here. Now, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you get something out of it, but it's not just for you. We're a part of, a, a, we're just a small part of this huge thing that God is doing throughout the world. And one of the places that he's doing it at is in, is in Botswana. And so we have an opportunity to be a part of that. I intentionally put this Sunday where we're going to focus on Africa after last Sunday. How many of you were here last Sunday? All right. What did we talk about last Sunday? Money. Is that me doing that? Something with me? Uh, we talk, I'm just going to stand very still. Uh, we talked about money last week, right? Here's the thing. We send money every month to Botswana. And we want to be able to send more of that next year. If that's going to happen, that's part of what we give to every week. So when you fill out your little check or you put cash in those black boxes, you put them in that black box, some of that stuff every week that you send ends up going over to Africa, to Botswana, to help feed children, to help with everything else that's going on over there. And the reason we do that is in Acts chapter 1, verse uh, um, excuse me, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said this. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Chances are, most of you in here will never have an opportunity to go to the ends of the earth. But you can be a part of what God's doing at the ends of the earth by what freedom is partnering with Old and the Lady Baptist Fellowship in Botswana. We do this not because we don't have anything else better to do. We do this not because we've got so much money and we just need to send it all away. We do this because Jesus commanded us to send the gospel to all parts of the earth. And the people in Botswana need it just as much as the person that live next, lives next door to you needs it. So that's why we partner with a specific church. Now what can you do? Well there's a couple things. One thing I want you to do is I want you to pray. You say, "Oh yeah, Cliff. I thought you'd say that. You're a preacher. Y'all are always talking about praying. But listen, prayer is is a huge part of what they need. And what we've got here is we we've, we've got some uh, some bracelets made. They're kind of like those Lance Armstrong bracelets, you know, the Livestrong bracelets. But these are uh, these are a a very feminine baby blue, which I'm not sure about that, Chris. But anyway, I'll wear it, <clears throat> even though I'm very much more manly than that. But it, if you're a North Carolina fan, you're loving this right now. All right, but." It says on here, Kiela Boha, which means thank you in, in Setswana, which that's what those kids were singing in that video that you saw. And so uh, we wanted you to take every, there's going to be folks at the door that are going to give these out. wanted each one of you to take one of these, put it on your wrist. And when you look at that, first of all, it's a message saying thank you from the folks in Botswana for what you give and for the, the part that you play in the ministry over there. But also as you look at that, to be reminded to pray. For the people in Botswana, to pray for Maruti James, to pray for the other folks at Old and the Lady Baptist Fellowship. Second thing that you can do to be involved, uh, Mark, show us the slide of the shirt. Um, now, we, one of the things that we've never done here at Freedom, and it's not because we don't believe in it, uh, but we just have never done, we've never done a Christmas offering. If you grew up in church like I did every year, this lady named Lottie Moon wanted all of our money at Christmas time, and, and so we would give her our money, and that's good stuff, and what that does, that goes over to foreign missions. We've never done that here for a couple of different reasons, but what we're going to do this year, and this is, we're doing this specifically during the Christmas season Um, We are going, now some of y'all bought the $5 t-shirts like Mark Johnson's wearing there. Um, We're going to get these t-shirts made and they're going to be made just as cheap, but we're going to charge you $15 a piece for them. And here's why. It says on there, Botswana Project, and then it says on there, this t-shirt fed a child for one month. $15 will feed one child for a month at the feeding station there at Old and the Lady Baptist Fellowship. So we hope in two weeks to have these shirts available. We want you to buy as many of them as you can wear or if you want to give them away to people or whatever. And uh, and they are going to be fifteen bucks apiece, and all the money after the paying the cost of the shirts will be sent directly to Botswana with our regular giving to help feed children. So you can wear that, and it's an opportunity for you to wear that around. People will look at that and say, "What does your shirt mean? What's that all about?" You get to share what Freedom is doing in Botswana and how what the need is over there. So that's going to be a very tangible way for you to. Give some more of your money and you'll get a cool t-shirt in exchange for that to help out with what's going on. And then the third thing I, I want you to do is I want you to pray about what God may have you to do even as a next step. There will be more trips. There will be a trip next summer. We hope after next summer to have at least more, at least two groups that will go once we get somebody other than Mark trained up to lead a group. And uh, I want you to be praying about whether you should be a part of that trip. Now let me tell you what let me tell you how you know that you're not supposed to be a part of that trip. If you're thinking, oh, cool, I'd always like to go to Africa, then you're not ready yet to go on that trip. Okay? This is not about you seeing another part of the world. It's not about sightseeing. If you feel a calling from God and a tugging on your heart that I need to go there because I've got a burning in my soul that God has put there to share the gospel with the people of Botswana, then then, you're, then you need to be praying about going. So I want you to pray about that. Pray for the folks there. Pray about your further involvement. And we're going to buy some t-shirts and send some more money over there and then up our level of giving next year. Thank you so much for coming. today. I want you to pray. Bow your heads to pray. And as we do that, the band's going to come up. And then we're going to sing a closing song. But I want you to go out of here today excited about what God is doing throughout the world and the fact that you get to be a part of it. So bow your heads. Father God, thank you so much for the faithful leadership of of Mark Johnson and for Jason and Joel and Nancy and for what they were able to be a part of this past summer remind each of us that what's going on in Botswana what's going on in China what's going on in South America what's going on in all the nations of the world with the gospel is part of your plan and Lord help us to get outside of our little world here help us to open our eyes beyond Greer and Greenville County and South Carolina, and the United States, and to see what you want to do worldwide. Thank you that we can be a part of that through what's going on here. Help us to know how we can do even more for you overseas. And Lord, I pray for the folks in Botswana. I pray for Rudy James. And I'm thankful that there will be people worshiping you at Old and Lady Baptist Fellowship today. And we are their brothers, and we are their sisters, and we pray your blessings on them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.